In my darkest place I grew fearful of the light It made my heart so small Just like a face with no delight When we grow up scared Living like a refugee And I have lived that way And I won't ever go back to sea In my heart I know I'm the way that I'm designed to be And I will let you know The truth I see Welcome to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. The song you just heard is called Yay, I'm Me. And it was actually written, produced, sung by my guest today, Bruce Cryer, who is an amazing person, a Renaissance man, has so many accomplishments in his life. But he began his life as an actor, a singer, a dancer uh, in New York, where he was on The Boy in the Fantastics, over 800 performances. And so he started out his life singing, dancing, enjoying life, and had always had a big interest in personal growth and went on from being on stage into getting into the emerging field of mind-body medicine and was a key player in spirulina and then went on to become a founding member and CEO of HeartMath Institute Um, After facing a life-threatening illness, he changed his life again to build the most important thing into his life and has continued to grow. And we're going to talk about his newest venture later in the show. But welcome, Bruce. I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you, Marla. It's a delight to be here. And uh, thank you for that lovely introduction. Uh, I look forward to having a cool conversation with you. Yeah. So when you were working at HeartMath, Um, so much of what you did there was teaching people how to live in heart coherence, which is a very healthy place to exist. You're calm, you're present, you're in your heart. You want to describe heart coherence to the audience? Sure. Well, you know, one fun way to express this is if you can think of a moment where you've been in awe of nature or a baby or a puppy or anytime when you felt a beautiful feeling, emotionally speaking, that's coherence. Um, and so what we learned in HeartMath in the early uh, 1990s when we were starting is that it's a natural state for us to be in, and it's a definable scientific state. It's a measurable state. Our heart produces certain patterns that are coherent. They are smooth when we are in a state of joy, a state of love, a state of awe, a state of gratitude, a state of peace. And so we realized, well, that that could be trained because <laughs> the, the ability exists. We can feel awe. We can feel we can feel all those things. What if we learn to do them more proactively? And then we would train our body to get into this much more coherent state. And you know, if you think about times like that, you feel energized. If you had a headache before a few minutes earlier, the headache doesn't seem to bother you so much now. In other words, a lot changes when we can be in what we came to term, term a coherent, uh, heart coherent state. Yeah. And we've, and, all, I, we've all, and we've all experienced it. It's not some strange, you can only get there through years and years of meditation. We've, we've had this experience. We just haven't learned how to call it on, call it in at will. Right. And so many in our crazy fast paced world today, so many people are so much 
in their heads, pushing and driving themselves through life and under a stress state that taking time out to stop and breathe and connect and really get in that heart cone here, it isn't a thought they have. They're, and I was that person. I was in corporate America driving and pushing and kept getting stress-related diseases. And that's how I found heart math. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't meditate. I was one of those people that go, how can you sit still and shut up your brain for that long? But learning to slow down and breathe and connect with heart coherence, your heart was a whole different ballgame. Because that's kind of almost like an active thing instead of meditation when you're trying not to be active. Um, heart coherence, you actually kind of tune into the warmth of your heart or tune into the moment. Um, and you guys have all kinds of training around how to get into heart coherence. Yeah, I think heart math has tools um, and different methods to help people learn this, right? Yeah, the whole concept in as we were creating heart math and, and the vision of the founder, Doc Childry, was this has got to be a simple system of tools that anybody can apply in the heat of the moment or before a potentially stressful moment or after a potentially stressful moment. We need to prepare better. A lot of times we could, we could reduce a lot of our stress if we remember. You always react to this certain person, so, so why not get yourself in a non-reactive state instead of a hypervigilant state? Oh, I'm sure they're going to they're do something to me. Why not do that? When you're in the middle of that interaction, why not take yourself into a, a deeper connection in the moment as you, as you can, let alone we, we've all had those situations happen and we don't recover. We just mm -hmm. move on to the next thing. And then the, the baggage of that event tends to carry on to, through the day. And so all of those were kind of why HeartMath was, was, was founded. And so there are a set of tools, practices as simple as focusing in the heart and just breathing in a steady rhythm in and out as though you're breathing through the heart. Just that brings the system to a state of more balance, more coherence. And so a simple set of tools that kids could practice, that athletes could practice, single moms, anybody, any age, any situation. Yeah. And non-religious non too, because <clears throat> this was not intended to be a new spiritual philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, many people believe, feel it. It's, there's a lovely spiritual dimension to heart math, and it, and it truly is, but it's not a philosophy you need to now adopt and stop being a Christian or stop being a Muslim or stop being a Buddhist or anything like that. Not at all. This can enhance whatever your beliefs or, uh, or uh, practices already may be. Right. So my big life story in running in a stress-filled life, learning to operate in what I call the being zone and the first step in my process of being is learning to be, and that's the breathing kind of connecting with your heart, connecting and getting quiet. And so you talk about, you know, being in a place of awe or a place, you know, seeing a baby. And that's often before I even learned heart math, what I did is I was having people go to a place where when they close their eyes and they, they did some breathing and got quiet is when they thought of a baby or their pet, the unconditional love of a pet, their yeah. heart warms. And that warm heart is what takes you into that place. It's also where your intuition lies. Do you agree with that? Because that is one of my foundational things is when your heart warms, when you're around something, then that's a yes, that feels good. That feels right to you when you're in an event and you've got this warm heart and then all of a sudden it cools. If you're doing something that doesn't feel right, that's your body telling you, don't go there. Do you have, do, do, are you understanding what I'm saying and agree with that completely, thought process? Com completely, yes. In fact, 
Heart Math has done a, a bunch of research connecting the experience of intuition with the heart. Uh, there was one study in particular that I, I happened to be a subject for, and I, so I remember vividly going through this, where we were tr trying to track that that the heart really was connected to intuition and be able to measure that. And so as a subject, we, I sat in front of a computer screen, and I, my heart rate variability was being monitored through big electrodes, probably on my wrists. I had a skull cap on measuring all kinds of brain waves. Also, uh, skin resistance, GSR was being measured, so all wired up. And the process was you sat in front of this blank screen and you hit a button. And a few seconds later, I think it was six seconds later, a random image being generated in that moment by the computer would come up on your screen. And so that the first image could be uh, El Capitan in Yosemite, one of the most famous sites in, in the world. And then, and then that goes away. And then when you're ready, you push the button. Six seconds later, an, an image of a beautiful flower. And then the next thing, and it's someone being literally murdered. Mm. And then, then the next thing is a storm clouds. And then the next thing is two people having sex. And then the next thing, you know, it's like you have no idea what's going on. And you're kind of going on a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's going to happen next? But most of them, I mean, many of them are quite positive and, and lovely. And so, but all, you, all these body signals were being measured at the same time. And what we discovered was several seconds before the image would appear on the screen, randomly generated by the computer, your body was already anticipating what the quality of that picture was going to be. So the researchers were able to track that the body was preparing for an angry thing on the screen several seconds ahead of time, or a beautiful thing on the screen, or an exciting thing on the screen, or whatever it was. There was a direct link several seconds before the image actually even appeared on the screen. And would you be accurate? Would you know? Well, that intuitively? was the point. There was, there was a connection. Wow. You, you could tell in the pattern of the heart that it would change appropriately for what that image was going to be. Not just, not just that there was a new image coming, but okay. it would look smoother if it was going to be a, a, a child, a flower, a gorgeous nature scene. It was going to be more jagged if it was violent or scary or threatening in some way. So oh. yeah. the brain was also responding quicker than the actually Im image but it was after the heart just slightly after the heart was the brain so it's as though the heart was receiving some kind of a signal from the field as we've come to say a lot these days and then the brain would kind of get that message from the heart all very very high speed and, and register it like on the screen of the of the mind so that was in the in the early 90s that we we discovered we started to discover that and that led up to a lot of our belief our meaning heart mass belief that the heart, as, as we can get into a more coherent state more of the time, um, we are able to listen to the intuition of our heart much more effectively. The heart's giving us intuitive signals all the time, as mm -hmm. does other parts of the body, of course, too, mm -hmm. not only the heart. Right. Um, but we yeah. often are so full of noise, as you pointed out, so many of us live, live, line, live lives mostly from the head that you don't hear it. Right. Or you hear the message and you, you, oh no, not that. No, that's, no, that can't be true. You know, you, you refute your own intuition. Right. So the process of getting more coherent, more consistently enables you to start number one, picking up those signals more regularly and realizing that's right. What I'm feeling right now is right. Either I shouldn't pursue this thing because it's not in tune or I should, because it is in tune, but trust that feeling, whatever it may be. Right. You start to learn that more and more until you realize and you're more, you just become more kind of naturally intuitive mm -hmm. because you naturally kind of 
when you're having a conversation with someone, you're naturally kind of, well, I want to be coherent right now because I want to be as fully present as I can right now in this moment with Marla to have this conversation. You know what I found is that when you can get in this heart and walk through life in more of a coherent state, in more of a present state, you're actually more productive, you're more intuitive, you can get more done. It's when you're rushing around, I used to call myself the queen of multitasking. And I've actually learned that actually multitasking is less efficient. And yeah. I've taught many of my clients that, and I've had clients just kind of argue with me. No, multitasking, I'm always more efficient. I said, okay, let's just do a task. And so they do it and they come back to me and they go, unbelievable. I got so much more done in the day when I followed your instructions and stayed present and stayed in tune and focused on one thing at a time and turned off all the other things from beeping and email popping up and all those things. You go, I got twice as much done. And I'm less stressed. So, you know, there's really something to this, to this calmness, to this being centered, to this being present um, that really um, helps. So let's move on really briefly because we've just got a few minutes before break. But basically you had great practices because you had the whole mind, body, spirit kind of approach to life. And you did the heart coherence and you were teaching this around the world, but yet, you ended up sick, right? I did. Yeah. So let's kind of just start on the beginning of that, even with all that stuff in place. You got well, really yeah. Sick. The story's a bit harrowing, because, but the good news is I'm 12 years cancer free, uh, 11 years on uh, new titanium hips, um, 11 and a half years staph infection free. So I, I went through a lot of stuff, but but I, one of the things that it taught me, the experience of, of being diagnosed with several life-threatening conditions uh, in that process, during which time my mother also always uh, also passed away and my marriage was ending. So it was a very challenging period on every level. Um, but, you know, I think uh, one thing that I learned about it is that illness is not linear. Like, it's not like all that that I was learning and, and teaching wasn't incredibly valuable to me. In fact, during that process, um, it, ha it happened so many times, it was very notable to me that I'd come out of the hospital or come out of a treatment or whatever, and I would see somebody, sometimes it was a doctor or a nurse, but other times it was a family member or a dear friend, and they'd say to me, wow, you're looking so much better than I was expecting. And my response would be, how bad did you think I was going to look? Because <laughs> I'm not exactly feeling chipper, you know. But what, when it kept happening like this, and one of my favorites times was I had my first hip replaced, which was about a year and a half after the surgery for cancer. And, and the, these two conditions were unrelated medically. Spiritually, they were related, but unrelated right. medically. Um, so it's my first appointment with the doctor post hip replacement. When I was still using a walker a lot, and you know, because that's what you do when you're when you're getting up, but I'm feeling better and better and better. And I go to the, this high end medical clinic where where my orthopedic guy was, and first they put you in these ridiculously large paper shorts. Like guys, why why waist size fifty? Number one, and I'm I'm clearly not a fifty, and paper. Like, <laughs> can't we do better? <laughs> then, <laughs> ridiculously large am i a clown am i gonna to have to wear clown shoes as well anyway so i'm walking the doctor says just walk down the end of the hall just away from me 
he and the physician's sister standing there. Just walk. I want to watch you walk. And I'm walking down almost to the end, and I hear him hearing the assistant laughing, which was not a comforting thing <laughs> as somebody walking for the first, you know, relatively new on my hips. I come back and and said something to him like, "What was, what was so funny?" And he says, "I wish all my patients could be could be recovering as fast as you are. That's amazing that you're walking so smoothly already." Yeah. And so this was yet another example of of your healing so fast. Yeah. And so, you know, I had that continually happening to me where I was in the hospital for staff, a staph infection in my blood, yeah. which is a life-threatening condition. Yeah. And yet I didn't feel hardly any symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> and people were saying also, you don't, you don't seem sick. I said, I know. And they keep using the word life-threatening. So something's not quite connecting here. Okay, there's more to this story, and we're going to talk about it when we get back. You're listening to Bruce Pryor with Marla Williams on Love Living Life, and you'll lift your spirits radio. We'll be right back after this break. Living like a refugee, and I have lived that way. And I won't ever go back to sea in my heart, I know. I'm the way that I'm designed to be, and I will let you know. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island Time is waiting for you. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Langley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs and events or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whidbey Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. Living like a refugee and I have lived that way And I won't ever go back to sea my heart I know I'm the way that I'm designed to be and I will let you know the truth I see when I am me now I live in love 
Welcome back to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And I'm talking with Bruce Cryer today, amazing guest. And we were just talking about a life-threatening, many life-threatening illnesses that he faced late in his years after being a CEO at HeartMath. And um, so we were just talking about your, you know, you had cancer, you had the hips, you had staff, and you were talking about the staff that you got as a result of these other things, right? Yeah. Uh, after the surgery for the cancer, when, when luckily they got the whole tumor out, there was no, it had not spread, which was all good news, but they still wanted me to have these immunotherapy treatments, which were quite invasive and, but not severe like chemo or radiation. Um, but they told me that I would start to get uh, kind of immune reactions, which was the point, uh, and feel like I had the flu. But before I had a chance to have the, the, those flu symptoms, one day I showed up for, for a procedure and the doctor said, you have a staph infection. We can't, we can't do the procedure today. I said, how did I get the staph infection? He said, well, it's from, it implied it's either in his office or at the, at the hospital when during the surgery, they didn't know. So whatever. So this, this kept happening. It happened three or four times and finally it wasn't going away. And finally they discovered it had moved into my blood, which is now considered a life-threatening condition, go to the hospital now because you could, you got floating staff in your bloodstream. If, if, if that got, if it broke free and got into your brain, you could clot and die. So that's why it's considered life-threatening, unfortunately. But um, so a sobering time to say the least, but um, just one of those things in the journey that I kind of had to, had to deal with. But I, I think, you know, during that time, there was a lot of needing to get as, in, as deep into a sense of peace as I could get into a sense of uh, acceptance as I could. I, I knew, I know, I knew so much of the physiology of stress, the physiology of worry and anxiety and fear. And it's not good. <laughs> the physiology that's associated with all those states is not a healing physiology. It does not enable the body's natural, incredible healing ability to come forward. You've got to get into a deeper state. I really learned that two months ago when I had COVID mm. and it was not that severe a case, luckily. But I also discovered that I could, um, when the symptoms were quite strong in my body, a lot of coughing and fever, and it was, which didn't last too long, luckily. But when they were pretty strong, I realized it's very hard to really relax because there's so much kind of going on inside my body. But I thought, but I have to, I have to try to go deeper. I have to, because this, I'm not helping. I'm not like trying to fight it. It's just what's going on in the body. It's like it kind of under attack in a sense. And I, one morning I was, I think it was the second morning and I woke up and I thought, I don't feel rested. This is not, this is not, I, I can do better. And mm -hmm. I just lay there and just kept saying, release, release, brother, release, brother, release, just let go, just let go. And whatever I didn't, I didn't have to look for what it was, right. but whatever I was holding, just tension from the disease, tension mm -hmm. from freaking, it is freaking COVID. I got it. I got it too, along with hundreds of millions of other people. Um, whatever it was, just let go, let go, keep letting go. And I fell back to sleep, slept for another two hours, woke up and thought, wow, I feel mm -hmm. so peaceful now. Like I've really rested. Yeah. And that day my symptoms diminished significantly. And it was just kind of easier and easier, more, much more quickly than I expected. But it was, it was that paying attention and saying, you, you need to do things in your system to let go of whatever you're holding on to tension-wise, anxiety-wise, fear-wise, 
because and your body is incredibly powerful, but you're 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 unconsciously fighting it. So don't do that. Just let go. Just let go of that fight. You know, the fight is not helping. That is such an important message to the audience, in my opinion. And it's something that I've learned and I've um, built into my life. If I start to get something, I immediately go into that peace place and see my body healing and releasing whatever I don't need. And I can heal. I helped a gal through brain surgery, a friend of mine, um, life and death situation. And I did a lot of work with her prior and taught her how to get in a really coherent state going into the surgery, working with Jeff Granville too, his, oh, some of his yes. techniques and, and uh, mindful present, presence. Um, but anyway, he, she came out of that surgery and the, the doctor said, I've never seen anyone come out of that surgery so alert, alive, peaceful. I mean, she was just in this really, they go, what did you do? And she goes, it was Marla. But really what it is, is what we're talking about is it's so easy when you're sick to focus on what hurts, to focus on the pain, to say, oh, I have cancer and just focus on that. And you know, that little voice in your head just goes on and on and on. And you just have to quiet the voice. I have a tool that I say, just pull it out, talk to that voice, say, thanks for showing up. I'm listening, but I'm going to take care of myself and throw it away. That's the throw it away tool. And instead, just drop into your heart, take deep breaths, drop into your heart and just see yourself healing. Talk to yourself just like you did, you know, let go. And that it's powerful in helping you get through COVID, any life-threatening illness, any stress-related, any anxiety is to stop and use just simple tools like that and being aware that that voice in your head, and I've worked with Joe Bolt Taylor, Joe Bolte Taylor, oh. and it's that lower left portion of your brain that you need to quiet. And um, her book is amazing too. So let's go on. You kind of then after you got through all this illness and all the things that you faced, you kind of had an aha moment. You, you got invited to a Christmas concert. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So as you mentioned earlier, I was uh, CEO of HeartMath, uh, which was 11 years, and it included this time when I was going through all the health stuff and the surgeries and the treatments and everything. And I had realized in the, in late 2011 that um, I really needed to stay, step down and just focus on my own well-being and, and recovery. I, when I made the decision, I had just had one of my hips replaced, and six weeks later, I was going to have the second one replaced. So I'm rehabbing two hips, which is not a small thing to be rehabbing and, and just finished the immunotherapy treatments because they decided it, I was, it was a little risky to keep doing them because of the staff that kept coming up. So why not just, I think we've had enough. Anyhow, so I was ready to kind of really focus on healing and managing. As I told my CFO when I was stepping down, I said, I can't manage, manage anything other than myself right now, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's obvious to me, this needs to be my focus. So I was in that period and um, was doing a little bit. Of, once I was better from the, the hips uh, re- replacement, I was starting to do a little traveling and was going to see my brother in Washington, D.C., and who's a physician. And he was actually one of the ones who coaxed me into going ahead with the hip replacement surgeries, which I had been avoiding for years, like most people would, because it's, it's like ma- very major surgery and so much has to happen. But I was going to visit him in D.C. And he says, so what time does your flight get in? Because... Uh, my wife and I have uh, tickets to this Christmas Carol sing-along concert at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. My first reaction was, I think I've already sung enough Christmas carols in my life. I don't need to now do it with 2,000 total strangers. I caught that reaction and said, 
yeah, sure. Let's let's go for it. And it was something because it was quite an evening because I was in the presence of magnificence. I was in a sense of awe of being amongst brilliant musicians. There were there was a chamber orchestra playing the, 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 the orchestral arrangements for all these carols. There were professional choirs on stage. There were children's choirs on stage. It was a magnificent night. I'd been living in the mountains of, of Central California for most of the previous 40 years, hadn't been around a whole lot of culture. And just being in a space like that, the Kennedy Center, it was like, wow, my, my soul was just on fire. And we were, we, were, we were singing occasionally with these incredible musicians on stage. We were not like every, every, every single time. So after about six or seven songs, <clears throat> we're invited to stand up and sing Joy to the World, which is, of course, a particularly joyful carol. And one of my favorites, as is probably for most people. And I'm just singing away. <laughs> and it's, it's quite loud. 2,000 church choir yeah. singers, mostly. In the, in the audience and professional choir and the orchestra, it's quite loud. And I've found I could kind of hear myself, but not really because, because there were so many people. And the song ends, the carol ends, and we all sit down and the lady in front of me turns to me and turns around and says, you have a beautiful voice, who are you? And, <laughs> and the lady to my left says something very similar, like, wow, you could, I could listen to you all night. I said, you can hear me? I cannot even hear me. How can <laughs> I'm sort of stunned by that? How can you even hear my voice, let alone? But thank you for the comment. Later on, the ladies to my left invited me to come singing to get to come sing at her church the following weekend in, in Virginia. And I said, Oh, thank you so much. I live in San Francisco. It's a little far to kind of come back, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, that same lady sitting to my left the whole night as I was walking out of the theater to, to leave, she was kind of standing there like, you're not leaving, you're not going anywhere yet, I need to talk to you, <laughs> but not sternly. It was like she, and she said, I could have listened to you all night. I feel like I know you so well. And the first comment was a compliment. The second one touched my heart, heart. my soul, because she said, I feel like I know you so well. And we had shared a total of two sentences. Yeah. So I revealed nothing to her verbally. And yet she could feel what was happening in me that I was feeling uplifted. I was feeling, Oh my God, this is man. Wow. I just, I just love this, this evening. And right after that, I was walking up the, the aisle and about to exit and this voice, I don't get voices, but that night I got a voice basically said, your singing voice needs to be heard by the world again. Yeah. And it was kind of like, wow. Didn't expect that. Okay. Yeah. I think, Okay. I can do that. <clears throat> and that's uh, total answer. goosebumps. Yeah. 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 And that's what you were maybe missing in your life because it was your passion from a young age. And I often believe people's purpose is tied to their passion. <clears throat> and just your years on in New York on, on Broadway, would that be? Um, the, the show that you mentioned called The Fantastic was actually off Broadway. Okay, off Broadway. <clears throat> it's the longest running musical in the in the world. It was wow. open in New York for fifty five years. Believe it or not. Wow! And you did like ten of those years, was that or something uh, like no, that? No, uh, no, near that many. Only about okay. two. Actually. Oh, okay. But okay. Eight hundred performances. Yeah, that's a lot in two years. Maybe that's why I thought it was ten years. <laughs> it's uh, like a eight, lot. <laughs> eight shows a week is what you did. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so. You, I, I just got such an amazing feeling when I heard that 
And then you went on to kind of start to build sound and music and movement and stuff back into your life again. But to me, it's like when I got really, really sick, I, my thing when I was young was nature. And I went back to heal myself in nature because nature's the earth is extremely powerful, full of native electrons that can reboot your body. And they've shown this medically and scientifically. And so just slowing down, breathing, sitting in nature, being in awe of what's around you, whether it's birds or clouds or whatever it might be, is what I needed in my life, what you needed in your life, because you had a lot of breathing and calming. You needed song and dance, right? I did. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how much I, I did. Uh, that night was a clue. Uh, the next day, I texted this friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, who had been my roommate. Uh, in college for one year at Oberlin, the Oberlin Conservatory, a uh, brilliant composer, performer, singer, songwriter uh, named Gary Malkin. And Gary um, and I met up a couple weeks later. We had been in college together years, like 40 years earlier. And we, we had been in touch recently, but not that much. Mm -hmm. But I knew he had kind of wanted to work with me and I was always too busy <clears throat> with heart math. And, but now I was ready and I'd had the voice. <laughs> Yeah. And so I said, I said, I said, dude, um, I've had a, I've had a life-changing experience singing Christmas carols at the Kennedy Center. <laughs> I need to, I need to get, get with you. When, when are you free? And uh, a few weeks later, we spent a weekend playing music. He talked me into doing this improv dance method called Five Rhythms, and which I fell in love with, even though it was only, I was only five months and having my second hip replaced, and eight months from the first wow. one. And he basically talked me into dancing for two hours. And I said, I said, I say, okay, which part of double hip replacement did you miss? <laughs> You're proposing two hours of nonstop dance. Mm -hmm. I'm not in shape for more than five minutes. I'm quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he was, he was right. And I fell in love with that. And it was a huge part of my healing because I learned that my body needed to move a lot, just as my voice needed to sing and express that side of me that I was missing. I just didn't realize I was, I was, I felt very happy on many parts of my life. HeartMath was a thrilling organization to be part of. I knew I was making an impact in the world. I was traveling all over the world and, and leading workshops, et cetera. Um, but I didn't, I didn't aware. I, I wasn't, my voice was, my heart was very quietly urging me to, to sing, but not loudly <laughs> sing and dance. But once I was, it was like, wow, I really need this. And then the, the creativity, the, the creative energy that was coming from singing and dancing. And then, it led to a, a project that you you know the name of. We Gary and I started this project called What Makes Your Heart Sing. And it, it was a project, it was really a keynote performance. So uh, I was used to doing keynotes around heart math all over the world. Gary was doing musical keynotes because he was an active seven-time Emmy award-winning composer and brilliant, brilliant performer. And we said, we are a really interesting team. We could team up, do music together, and still convey a powerful message. And we were hired by the Kaiser Health System for our first gig. And, and so this, this idea of singing to, as a way of conve conveying an inspirational message uh, felt so right to me. And I never, I never would have imagined doing that, actually. It, it might even sound trite, but it was like not trite at all to us. And it, it opened a doorway. So the, instead of just planning a speech, it was like orchestrating a performance to take the audience through 
an experience of a, a deep message, profound message, but also having fun, singing along with the music, showing videos, engaging them in different ways. So it's almost like a theatrical experience with, with meaning and, mm. and, and it's personal at the same time. So yeah. that was thrilling to be able to do that kind of work, which just kind of kept opening up more and more. Okay. I'm, I accept it. I uncle, I'm a creative being. <laughs> Actually, right. we all, and I kind of accepted that I, I really need to be doing this kind of thing to feel whole and to feel a good leader on the business side or a good father or a good anything else. I need to be whole. And these facets of me are not hobbies. They're innate facets of my life. They may only be a hobby at the moment. They're not, I don't need to earn money from all these things, but um, I have to be doing them. You have to be doing them just like I need to be in the woods hiking. You need to be doing and painting. I love to paint. So this is a good breaking point. We're going to head off to our next break. Thank you for listening. I'm Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio, and we will be right back. In my darkest place, I grew fearful of the light. It made my heart so small, just like a face with no delight. When we grow up scared We're living like a refugee And I have lived that way And I won't ever go back to sea In my heart, I know I'm the way that I'm designed to be and I... Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie slow down. I remember when I was raising three kids on my own, had a full-time job and a part-time job, and I was doing my best to hurry through the day while I was at work, and everything in my hands fell to the floor and scattered. And a woman behind me said, haste makes waste. I remember her. I'll never forget her, actually. I hear her voice often. Every time I'm pushing too hard and I'm going too fast, I make a mistake and I waste precious time cleaning up after something. If I was slowing down, wouldn't have happened. So this week, all you have to do is take some deep breaths, say everything's all good, and make sure you take time to take care of yourself and slow down. That's the Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. So are you ready to have a major breakthrough in your life? Marla Williams, a certified life coach and TLT practitioner, transforms lives, moving her clients from apathy to happiness, from stress to balance, from uncertainty to total confidence and more. Marla will help you identify the one breakthrough point you can change to live life in more harmony with your true self. It is life-changing. Sign up for a complimentary session at MarlaWilliams.net and experience the magic of moving from stuckness into a life you love. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people 
fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. I look up to the sky to keep me bright and I know the way And I'm living here all day and night Yeah, me Welcome back to Love Living Life with Marla Williams as part of Lift Your Spirits Radio and I'm talking with Bruce Cryer and we're having a phenomenal discussion around what fills your heart and how life circumstances can lead you back to paying attention to what really makes you happy and what really makes you feel good because we get caught up working. We may like what we're doing. I loved my job. He loved his job. We both ended up sick and we both came back to kind of that thing in our lives that made our hearts sing. And I think it's really important that people realize that, you know, life is only so long and it's meant to be lived. And that if you're just working and pushing and driving and, you know, taking your kids here and there, and you're just on a schedule all the time and don't take time out for yourself or take time out to really enjoy the things that have always meant a lot to you that, that you're passionate about. It can affect your health. It can affect your well-being. It did in our cases. And when we brought that back in, I believe both of us, I, I can't speak for Bruce. I'm gonna let him speak for himself, but I've been extreme. I really haven't been sick since really sick, you know, cold here and there since like 2008, because I've incorporated the things in my life that make me happy and fill me up. And I do it every single day. I'm committed to a practice that um, of doing things that make my heart sing besides my morning practice of getting centered and present and heart coherent and the, my being steps that I promote in my book and in all that I do. So Bruce, what about you? Do you feel like since you've reincorporated music and movement and dance in your life, except for COVID, which is a unique situation, have you been healthier than you were um, after going well, through everything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, even though I got COVID, kind of like, we'll join the club. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, a massive percentage of the world's population has gotten it or, or still will. So like, okay, you got, you got that badge, but so does everybody else. Um, I yeah. hide out on an island, so I've avoided it. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that'll continue. And yeah. even if you get it, you know, yeah. you may have a moment of like, oh, I got it. Well, breathe through not it. That. It's not <laughs> that. Breathe through it. Exactly right. Well, I had a test done uh, about eight or nine months ago, which was not planned. I didn't go to find out this information. I was investigating some um, some biohacking tools, some health technologies that a guy that I knew who had been very severe, uh, severe immune problems, cancer throughout his body, all kinds of just things and uh, found a couple of technologies that were really helpful to him. So I was curious about them. So I run this uh, an institute that is interested in integrative approaches to health. <clears throat> and while I was there, he said, I want to, uh, do you mind if I run a little heart rate variability test on you? You're a heart math guy and heart rate variability is this 
it's this thing that, that cardiologists always used to do, and now it's become more and more mainstream, but um, it's a way heart math could validate that if you would practice this idea of breathing through the heart and feeling positive emotions, the pattern of the heart itself would get smoother and smoother and smoother because the heart is this big electrical and magnetic and rhythmic generator in the center of your body. Is that system gets smoother and more coherent, everything benefits. And so he was kind of curious because having been involved in the creation of that concept in the 30 years ago, he said, you probably have pretty good heart rate variability. I just want to check you out. Do you mind? I said, no, I'm happy to be a guinea pig. And he slaps these giant paddles on my wrist, which were kind of worrisome. Like, is, you're not like going to shock my heart, are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, could, I could maybe jump the, my car battery with these things. And uh, anyhow, nothing happened uh, untoward, but um, he connect, collected three minutes of data and we went off and did some other stuff and came back and was showing me all this stuff about, like, he was collecting brain information too and say, oh, you're in the high performance zone a lot. I said, okay, good. I would hope so after all the work I've done on myself for 50 years. Uh, and then it comes to this one graph that says chronological age and biological age. And uh, at the time I was 67, I'm 68 now. And so it showed 67 as the chronological age and the biological age said 36. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I had been curious about my biological age for a while because most people can't believe I'm 68. Yeah. I don't have the energy of a 68 year old. I, I, I seem more youthful than I am and I'm more playful than I am. Well, that's true. And I was curious what my physiology would actually say, because I know I, I feel like I bounced back from any kind of disappointment or I mean, one of my closest friends in the world died this week mm. and it was a sudden, it was an accident and uh, not a, like a car accident, but, but he's one of these larger than life, wonderful, wonderful man. One of my top three closest friends of mm. my entire life. I'm and suddenly, suddenly yeah. he, he passed and it's not like I've just bounced back, but I've felt the grief several times deeply. Yeah. Talked to his wife, had wonderful connection, but um I've noticed that whatever the situation, I can adapt even better than I used to. And, and because I, I can often experience the full sadness of something, allow myself to feel that, not shut it down, not repress it, for it to only come back somehow later on. But then I can get to, and, I, and, and probably why I miss Iman so off so much is because of his joy and how joyful I have been every single time I've ever spoken to him, ever been with him. The, the utter joy of that man. And so I could feel the joy as big as the sadness had been five minutes earlier. So I had kind of assumed that I was probably younger than my chronological age. <laughs> probably, I, I, in fact, it was not that many weeks before this accidental test. I thought, well, I bet I'm maybe 50, maybe a high 40s. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what it is. And then when it said 36, I said, damn. And I asked the guy, I said, that's a big, that's a big gap. 30, 31, it was 31 years you know, since I was 67. I said, have you ever tested somebody with that big a gap? He said, no, that's the biggest by far. Wow. I said, well, that's really interesting because my body doesn't feel 36 all the time. I still right. have, I have some aches and pains mm -hmm. from the hips and, and all that. It's not like I can just do everything like I was 36, but my spirit feels very young. Yeah. And many people say you're you act much more like a 36 year old than you do actually sometimes a 13 year old. <laughs> year old. So it's sort of an interesting interesting validation of, of your of your question, Marla, that 
um, you know, that's one measure of health. It's not the only one by any means, but it's one right. measure of health and one that I can relate to a lot. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what my biological age is. I haven't been tested, but I would guess it's younger um, also. But I really believe the practices that you build into your everyday life, and it doesn't have to be a ton of time. You just need to be consistent. And when you're doing the things that fill you up every single day and getting yourself into that quiet space and operating from that more coherent state, you are going to be healthier. You are going to be um, younger. Uh, World Health Organization, I don't know if you saw that report that came out and they said the new youth goes to 65 or 66. And then when you turn 67, you're in middle age. So you have just hit middle age, my dear. And uh, based on, on how on people measure, are- but according to my biological age, I'm way- Yeah, that's true, you're baby. <laughs> right. I'm talking your chronological age, so. Yeah, Too yeah, funny. No, I, I understand. Too funny. Yeah. yeah. So you built your business, you've had a practice um, uh, consulting um, performance management, working with corporations, and you built some of your song and dance and movement into what you do, right? I what do. You did. Yeah. I yeah. do. Um, that song that you've been playing uh, during the during the breaks uh, is a song that I, as you mentioned, I co-wrote and co-produced with these amazing guys named the Brothers Corin, Isaac and Torald Corin. And we released a, an EP, uh, six songs, uh, uh, back in 2018. And part of the reason I said yes to that project was they said, when we once we've recorded all the songs that we we're going to create, <clears throat> you'll also have the, the tracks <clears throat> of the of the recorded. Uh, instrumentals and the backup singing without your voice singing lead so you can play that track and sing on any stage of the world without nice. the need for a band or anybody else nice. i said okay that just closed the deal as yeah. soon as you said that so two weeks ago i was in cabo san lucas uh i was the closing speaker at a breathwork festival so it's breathwork from all over the world had assembled in cabo for the sunshine and the warmth in my case <clears throat> but also for to meet these amazing people and I led them through a heart coherence exercise. I taught them, uh, led them through a mindfulness exercise, which took them into movement. So we were meditating and then dancing. And the, mu the music track I used for the meditation part that I led was from a, an album that my, my dear friend Gary Malkin and I created of guided meditations. So I was using the soundtrack Gary and I created. <clears throat> and then we took them into this dance and they just, they just loved it. Mm -hmm. And then to close the entire... Uh, evening, I sang that song that you, you've been playing, Yeah, I'm Me, and I taught the whole audience the chorus so they could sing along with me. So the entire audience was singing the song with me. They didn't know all the, the words of all the lyrics, but the, the chorus repeats a lot, so you kind of keep singing it. And they loved it, and they later on we were at, at a tiki bar near the beach, and they, they forced me to keep singing. Keep doing. Thanks. <laughs> But for me, it was like such a full circle of I was sharing a lot of content that wasn't anything about entertainment or performance, right. but I was doing it in a way like we did with what makes your heart sing of getting them involved, teaching them some meditation, getting them dancing, literally yeah. dancing, and then involving them in singing a song with me. And there was so much joy and so much, thank you so much. What a perfect way to end this, this event. So mm -hmm. I've, I've loved the chance to do that. And the other thing I would just quickly say is that when I described earlier talking myself through deeper relaxation when I had COVID, mm -hmm. 
hey, brother, I, I talk to myself that way, or dude, mm-hmm. you can do yeah. this. Just release, dude. Let go, man. Let go. Yeah. Let go. I talk to myself like that. I also love mentoring people. I mentor myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need it every day. I talk out loud sometimes. I do too. <laughs> yeah and that's not strange some people can think it's strange but when you realize how beneficial it is it's like okay if it's strange fine that's your problem not because <laughs> it's because it's working for me so I'll, I'll do that with myself but as far as the I also find that that's a lot of my joy that I wasn't aware of so much until the last six or seven years of the opportunity to work with people through through career transitions because I've had quite a few in my in my lifetime or just facing these deep questions about your life and where you want to go. And people come to me more and more saying, you are the kind of person that you've clearly had to reinvent yourself a number of times. Yeah. I feel like I'm in that place now. I have a feeling you might be able to help me. I've said, yeah, let's, let's talk. Speaking of reinventing, you are doing that again. You want to tell us about your latest venture? Yes. Got a couple, just two minutes left. So go ahead sure. and give us a quick overview of that. Sure. So I'm currently the executive director of a brand new organization called the Integrative Health Institute at Salem University. And the Integrative Health Institute was born out of something I was the CEO of until uh, January 1st called the Graduate Institute based here in Connecticut where I live. And it's a holistic school and its curriculum and its key assets were purchased by Salem uh, right around January 1st. They asked me to come over to run this new institute which we now call the Integrative Health Institute. And it's a, it's a really a collaborative effort of people that I have known for many years in nursing associations, in um, integrative medicine associations, in holistic medical associations, in all kinds of things that have been rich part of my life and people that have been rich in my life. And we're, we're building everything from master's programs, which we already had with the Graduate Institute, to professional development courses, uh, continuing education, personal development, as well as integrative health coaching. So the, the theme of all of it is integrative health, meaning we are spirit, soul, body. We are mind, body, emotions, spirit. We're all these things. We have to integrate all these things to be healthy. We need integrative approaches to get all those parts of ourselves aligned. I had to go through the surgery for the cancer. that I didn't really think there was a choice, yeah. but it's not all I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am so excited about what you're doing because I believe the body has a natural ability to heal. And that's what you guys are promoting and teaching. And so I'm going to have to have you back on the show after you get flowing and we get some things going that we can talk about. But I thank you so much for being here. Um, If people want to learn more about Bruce and connect with him and the amazing things he's done in the world, you can go to brucecryer.com. And in time, you're going to be able to go to this integrative holistic thing, but start at brucecryer.com. And I believe you're still probably doing speaking gigs and that type of thing. If any corporations want this magical man uh, speaking to their teams. Um, so thanks yes, again for I being am. here. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for being here. This has been a joy talking with you today. You're making a real difference in the world and we appreciate you. So thanks so much for listening to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Join me next month. I'm going to have a mountain climber, the first one in the world that's done all the mountains with one lung. So very inspirational. We'll talk to him uh, next month. But thanks, everyone, for being here, and we'll see you then.
In my darkest place I grew fearful of the light It made my heart so small Just like a face with no delight When we grow up scared Living like a refugee And I have lived that way And I won't ever go back to sea In my heart I know I'm the way that I'm designed to be And I will let you know The truth I see when I am me Now I live in light I look up to the sky to keep me bright And I know the way And I'm living here all day and night Yeah, me can bring us hurt and pain and now we have to be truth that's deep inside but no shame now let's live in light we breathe in the love to keep us right and we know the way so we'll be living here all day and night yeah me Free.